Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of your favorite short crime and conspiracy podcast, The Show by Teens Mysteries. I am, in turn, your favorite co-host, Neil Navarro. And I'm your most favorite co-host, Jaden Yoon. Yeah. So, in this episode, we will talk about Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. I, I'm pretty sure we all heard about that, the disappearance of Flight 370, but I never actually did research on it. Honestly, it kind of like loomed in the back of my head. And then when I looked up stuff that we can talk about, it kind of came back to me. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for coming back if you did come back from episode one. Well, we'll go right into the end of episode. Yeah. With all 227 passengers and 12 crew aboard presumed dead, the disappearance of Flight 370 was the deadliest incident involving a Boeing 777 and the deadliest in Malaysia Airlines history. There have been a couple of incidents with Malaysia Airlines, including Malaysia Airlines Flight 17, which was shot down while flying over a conflict-stricken eastern Ukraine four months later. The combined loss caused significant financial problems for Malaysia Airlines, which was renationalized by the Malaysia government in December 2014. So, Jaden, what about you? If you were the Malaysia government at the time, what would you do? Well, what I would do is um, everyone would be freaked out, right? Because they're like, what, what the heck? Like, where did the plane go, right? So I'd be like, all right, you know, I'm going to use my brain, make an exact same replica of the plane, and I'm going to be like to all my citizens, be like, do you see this plane? We're all, we're all fine. Right? Okay, I mean, wouldn't that be kind of cruel to the family, though? Um, I mean, come on. Malaysia, you know, we're our city is breaking down. We got to we gotta get back up, you know? No, nah, but, like, the thing is, the family's going to be standing there waiting for their family members to come out, <laughs> and then the plane lands. They're like, I thought you died. Where are you? <laughs> and no one ever comes out of the plane. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 was a scheduled international passenger flight operated by Malaysia Airlines that disappeared on March 8, 2014, while flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport, KLIA, to its planned destination, Beijing Capital International Airport. The crew of the Boeing 777-200ER aircraft last communicated with air traffic control, ATC, around 38 minutes after takeoff when the flight was over the South China Sea. The aircraft was lost from ATC radar screens minutes later, but was tracked by military radar for another hour, deviating westwards from its planned flight path, crossing the Malay Peninsula and Adman Sea. On board were 227 passengers, 10 cabin crew, 2 pilots, and 31,517 pounds of cargo. You know, the Boeing 777-200ER had never actually been involved in any major incidents and was thought of as one of the safer planes up until this point. Never? Uh, you know, you should never say never. Never? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't, you never know what could happen, I guess you. Is it, is I should never say never, never again? Never say never, never, never again, never. <laughs> Never. 
Flight 370 hit a cruising altitude of 10,700 meters at 1.01 a.m. The Aircraft Communication Addressing and Reporting System, ACARS, which transmitted data about the aircraft's performance, sent its last transmission at 1.07 a.m. and was later switched off. The last voice communication from the crew occurred at 1.19 a.m. and at 1.21 a.m. The plane's transponder, which communicated the, with air traffic control, was switched off. Just as the plane was about to enter Vietnamese airspace over the South China Sea. Neil, okay, just imagine you're gonna have a nice vacation at China and you're on the plane right now and you're gonna be sleeping in your five star hotel when you arrive. You're ready to board a yacht when you arrive out, also. And then you hear on the intercom, our plane is crashing or broken. What, 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 are, you, what, what are you doing? Um, so, you know, obviously since I'm rich, I probably wouldn't be flying commercial, but you know what? Let's say I'm flying commercial, uh, no, no first class. So I'm obviously going to be sitting on the window seat. Cause again, I'm like, I'm just filthy rich. Okay. Um, so I would kick out my window, something like that. Take these two people next to me. And then there would be like three things I would do. One, I would try to like use my mouth to blow one of them up to like a balloon size, maybe see if that would work. Uh, and if not, then I would just may hopefully one of them is like really fat so that when I fall all the way down, I like bounce off of them. Right. And then I'll be fine. Okay. Very unrealistic, but okay. Initial searches for the plane concentrated on the South China Sea. After it was determined that Flight 370 had turned to the west shortly after the trans transponder was switched off, search efforts moved to the Strait of Malacca and the Adamant Sea. On March 15th, a week after the plane had disappeared, the Inmarsat contact was disclosed. Analysts of the signal could not locate the plane precisely, but did determine that the plane might have been somewhere on two arcs one stretching from Java southward into the Indian Ocean, southwest of Australia, and the other stretching northward across Asia from Vietnam to Turkmenistan. Neil, I have, a, I have a very important question for you. What is it? Do you want to become a pilot? I would not. What, why? Um, because, well, the thing is, all these people's lives depend on how good or bad I am at piloting, you know? Neil, the pilot uh, simulation thingy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Neil did a pilot a simulation game, and he could not get off the floor, so he took the freeway to, to Colorado <laughs> from California. You know, you can go over the cars, you can just crush them, so it's not like it matters. Not like their lives matter, as long as our lives are fine, it's okay. <laughs> The search for wreckage was hampered by the remote location of the crash site. Beginning on April 6th, an Australian ship detected several acoustic pings, possibly from the Boeing 777's flight recorder or black box, about 2,000 kilometers northwest of Perth, Western Australia. Further analysis of the AAIB of the Inmaserat data also found a partial signal from the plane at 8.19 a.m consistent with the location of the acoustic pings, the last of which were heard on April 8th. If the signals were from Flight 370, the flight recorder was likely at the end of its battery life. Further searches were conducted using a robotic submarine. However, the pings had been spread over a wide area, 
the submarine found no debris, and tests found that a faulty cable in the acoustic equipment could have produced the pings. All right, Neil, this is kind of off topic, but imagine you're on a plane, it crashed, you're on a deserted island because you somehow survived because you're Neil, how would you not survive? You have, you could, and then a, a, suddenly a genie, a genie just comes out of nowhere and is like, you could get three things. W- what are you getting? Does it have to be an item? Mm, I mean, yeah, it has to be a thing. I mean, I, if, if, if not, then I would just be like, I wish to go home. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> Neil is very smart. Or anyway, yes. how about things? Three things. Um, does it have to exist right now? Yes, it has to exist. <laughs> Dang. So it can't be like invented in the future. No. Man. Okay. Uh, I would ask for like a Lambo, a Lambo, uh, some gas for my Lambo. <laughs> More gas. <laughs> <laughs> and probably maybe. You know, get some like wheels or like new paint job, you know, <laughs> like kind of pimp my whip, you know. <laughs> You're in the island. When did you want like food or like. Hey, ice? when I get back, I want my, I want to have my Lambo, bro. <laughs> what if you don't come out surviving? Well, then I'll just drive my Lambo back. <laughs> <laughs> On the day of the disappearance, Malaysia Airlines released the names and nationalities of the passengers and crew based on the flight manifest. The passenger list was later modified to include two Iranian passengers traveling on stolen Australian and Italian passports. Uh, that is very suspicious. Why? What do you mean? They were traveling on stolen passports. So, wait, then wouldn't they, like, know it when they're, like, checking? That's true, but, I mean, they could have just put their face on it, like... <laughs> <laughs> like taped their the picture of their face. I'm pretty sure they would know, Neil. I mean, they probably did more than just tape, but you know. <laughs> okay. Well, Neil, if you're the TSA, well, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. If their face is on it, then maybe I'll let them through because they look <laughs> like it, okay? But if they don't look anything like it, if they made like if it's an Australian dude and then an Iranian man, they look two completely different, then of course I'm not gonna let them through. <laughs> The pilot in command was 53-year-old Captain Zahiri Ahmad Shah from Penyang. He joined Malaysia Airlines as a cadet pilot in 1981, and after training and receiving his commercial pilot license, he became a second officer with the airline in 1983. He was promoted to captain of Boeing 737-400 airliners in 1991, captain of Airbus A330-300 in 1996, and captain of Boeing 777 200 in 1998. He had been a type rating instructor and a type rating examiner since 2007. Zahari had a total of 18,365 hours of flying experience. The co pilot was 27 year old first officer Farik Abdul Hamid. He joined Malaysia Airlines as a cadet pilot in 2007. After becoming a second officer of Boeing 737-400 airliners, he was promoted to first officer of the Boeing 737-400 in 2010 and then transitioned to an Airbus in 2012. In November 2013, he began training as a first officer of Boeing 777-200 aircraft. Flight 370 was his final training flight and he was scheduled to be examined on his next flight. 
Freak had accumulated 2,763 hours of flying experience. Isn't that kind of sad, Neil? That's very sad. Yeah, he died before his test thingy. Well, yeah, that was his uh, last flight before he could, you know, actually become one, if you will. Yeah, imagine you're like to your family, like, you guys, I'm like, I'm taking my test. Like, after this flight, so I'll come back, you know, get my test, become an official pilot, and then all of a sudden, he, just, he, does, he doesn't come home. Sad. Sad. Maybe they're in, like, Thailand right now, but no one knows. They might be in Bora Bora, you know. Yeah, just, you know, living, having the time of their lives. <laughs> The aircraft's final transmission was an automated position report sent using the Aircraft Communications Addressing and Reporting System ACARS, protocol at 106 MYT. Among the data provided this in the message was the total fuel remaining, 43,800 kilograms. On 17th January 2017, the official search for Flight 370, which had proved to be the most expensive search operation in aviation history, was suspended after yielding no evidence of the aircraft other than some marine debris on the coast of Africa. In January of 2018, the private American marine exploration company Ocean Infinity resumed the search for MH370 in the narrowed 25,000 kilometer area using the Norwegian ship Seabed Constructor. The search area was significantly extended during the course of the search and by the end of May 2018, the vessel had searched a total area of more than 43,000 square miles using eight autonomous underwater vehicles AUVs. The contract with the Malaysian government ended soon afterward and the search was concluded without success on June 9th, 2018. The last verbal signal to air traffic control occurred at 1.19 when Captain Zahari acknowledged a transition from Lumpur Radar to Ho Chi Minh Lumpur Radar. Malaysian 370, contact Ho Chi Minh 120.9. Good night. Flight 370. Good night. Malaysian 370. So, what do you think happened? So, how was the episode, Neil? Good. <laughs> yeah, I. Okay, now I definitely know what the Malaysia Airline thingy was. Before, I did not really know. Yeah, so I know I'm more in-depth into it now. I understand what happened, and it is sad that no one, you know, that they had to conclude the search. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we can only hope for the best that yeah. they're somewhere stranded. And, uh, Bora Bora. <laughs> and yeah, and they're having the time of their lives. They're making new communities. They're having babies and <laughs> and, you know, getting more population. Okay, anyways, um... We are going to tell you what topic we are doing next week. We are? Yes, because we know what we're doing. Okay. Which is the Krampus. Okay. We are not going to be filming a podcast before Christmas because we're going to be filming one the day after Christmas. <laughs> so Krampus is, I don't know if you guys know, but the Christmas scary story. He takes children. Yes. Anyway, so we're going to be um, doing Krampus next week. So please come back. And for all of you who stayed for this 15 minutes, please thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.